Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is every so often that I get a chance to catch up with somebody who had a, well, a uh, service or a product that was particularly good, in my opinion, if I could just say that. That guy today is TJ Kalazi. He is the founder and CEO of the world leader in social media education and detection technology called LifeBrand, lifebrand.life. So we met at an event in Utah, TJ, called Brandless. Yeah. And maybe you could give the elevator pitch on what LifeBrand does, because I think this is so important in the in the world we live in today with so much social media and all that garbage, but give the elevator pitch on life brand. We tell people all the time, it's your life, it's your brand. You have your own personal brand, hence it's your life brand. You need to protect it. Look, social media is not going anywhere. It might look different four or five years from now, but the idea of people creating, sharing, and networking online is here to stay. And just like big companies invest in their brand and their reputation, individuals need to start doing so or flat out they're going to lose to those that do. Right. And LifeBrand provides unbelievable educational resources on not just what not to do on social media, but how to strategically use your social media to build a brand for yourself. We have incredible patent pending technology that utilizes artificial intelligence and machine learning to go back through the inception of your social media, every post, photo, video, voice within video, we can find maybe potentially harmful things from your past that haven't aged that well, help you remove it. We can help companies through custom filters to help their employees make sure they're speaking properly about their brand and the company. But bottom line is we're here to help people build a strong personal brand for themselves. And if you listen to any of the big, you know, speakers or celebrities out there, they all agree with me that one of the biggest things over the next five years is going to be your own personal brand. And we're just here to help people give themselves an advantage by having a great brand for themselves. You know, about 30 years ago, I heard Oprah Winfrey, not that I was watching Oprah Winfrey 30 years ago, but I was. <laughs> I heard her say something that was so brilliant. She said, you've got to be the CEO of your own self. And that is so true because yep. you are a brand. And if people would look at themselves as if they were a brand and a business, they would conduct their lives and they would control and bridle their mouths and their video making capabilities differently. But they don't think about yep. that until a lot of times it's already out there. So that's what it's life so brand does. Late. Yeah, it's too yeah, late. We're there to help people realize the enormous potential that you can have for yourself. People research people online. Almost every college oh, yeah. looks at social media during the admittance process. 95% of employers look at your social media during the employment process. In fact, there's even a study that CareerBuilder did. 48% of hiring managers have not even offered people an interview based off of their social media. So people might be sitting home saying, man, why aren't I getting any callbacks for this resume? I look good on paper. Well, the days of looking good on paper are over. You need to look good online. 
because that's the first thing they're looking at. They're building an opinion of you. I thought you were going to say, hey, I thought you were going to say you need to look good naked. Oh, oh, but anyway, that's another that's another story. Yeah, I mean, that might be a little compliance problem for some HR people. We'll, we'll let someone else deal with that. See, side of it, but, you uh, see though, you see how yeah. un PC I am, and, and you know. But this is why people like me that this like is why you know you need life brand. That's right. We we like to have fun. I like to have fun. I do all kinds of crazy stuff. I left a cheesecake in the back seat of my car for I think it was three days on the hottest days of summer, and so I posted this cheesecake. I said, is it okay to eat a cheesecake that's been in the back of a car for three days in 125 degree heat? Because the car gets really hot inside. And, you know, I mean, is that is that a problem? Probably not. But if you have posted or think you might have posted something that's inappropriate, you know, more than my cheesecake situation, um, you might need TJ Galazi and Life Brand. Lifebrand.life. We're going to hear about what he's been up to, what he's been doing, and more right here on Entrepreneur Weekly. We need this guy. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The Maloof Foundation is confronting this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But this cause can't be won alone. Learn how you can join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Once again, Life Brand founder and CEO, TJ Kalazi. Uh, You do need to be the CEO of your own life. And I know a lot of people are wondering what happened to the cheesecake in the back of Alan's car. I ate it three days in the sun. And I, three days, it was good. I was perfectly good. Anyway, welcome back. So, what have you been up to? It looks like it's been, what has it been? Probably, I don't know, six months since we saw each other. But I'm looking at this. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at this list of things that you have done. And uh, you have been a busy guy. And you're getting all kinds of awards and all kinds of TV shows you're involved with and all these things. And now Silicon Slopes, you guys are like the presenting sponsor of that in Utah. So what have you been up to? We've just been at that critical point of a company where it's time to go. You know, we're five years into building this thing. Our technology has advanced to a point where it's just world-class technology. We've really improved upon our AI's capabilities, really started to make some great traction from a revenue standpoint. I think people are starting to see what a problem social media is. We've really just been taking off. I mean, look, Alan, we work with everything from five-person hair salons, to publicly traded banks, pro sports teams, major colleges and universities, everything in between, individuals, everybody could benefit from using this technology. Our average user deletes over 19 posts. So if that right there isn't proof that everybody could benefit from this, I don't know what is. You mentioned Silicon Slopes. We are so excited to be the presenting sponsor of that. You know, for me to be up on stage with guys like Tony Robbins and 
Gary Vee and you know, all these other incredible CEOs and entrepreneurs. I think it just shows how far LifeBrand has gone. Yeah. That you know, these types of folks and this type of summit wants LifeBrand to be there. And let's face it, most of the people coming to the summit, they're coming to learn about building a brand for themselves. Right. I mean, I don't think there could be a more applicable and appropriate sponsor than us. We're really excited to work with everyone. We're actually going to be giving every attendee attending the conference life brand for free for an entire year so they can really dig in and start using it. But um, it's been a really busy couple months for us. You know, we're really excited about our growth. We've added some more engineers internally. We're seeing our head count grow. And really, we're just trying to get out there and give people access to this mm-hmm. technology. All you know, right. If they don't know it exists, they can't use it. So we want to make sure everybody knows Life Brands out there. Yep. And we're here for you. Well, that's why I decided, I said, let's just catch up because this is something that, uh, yeah. listen, when I have somebody request a friendship on Facebook, I don't just go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He was cool. I look at his life. I look yeah. at the posts he's been making. Do I want to associate my life with that guy yep. or that gal, whoever? And some of them are um, wonderful-looking ladies that are just probably AI, you know, whatever they are. I don't even know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's all kinds I'm of... Like, they don't want to be my friend. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Why do you want to be my friend, you 19-year-old? Anyway, but... Uh, so, yes, I think this is important. And people are asking now, the inquiring mind is what does it cost? Do you buy it by the month, by the year? Just to recap on that. I got to tell you, our whole thing is we wanted this to be affordable for anybody. You know, if you're somebody that's out of work or a young kid and you want to make sure you look good before you start applying for jobs, we wanted anybody to be able to afford this. But anybody can also do it for free. Anybody can go to lifebrand.life and get a free social media check, kind of like a free credit check. Nice. We'll allow you to connect your social media accounts and for free, tell you how many potentially harmful posts you have. We'll show you a couple of them. And then assuming that you want to delete the bad ones or see all of them, Alan, it's only fifty nine ninety five one time to clean up all of your social media or for $119 a year, you can have continual access to it to not just clean it once, but continue to monitor everything that's going out. Make sure you're staying within what you want your brand to be. Improve your brand and see how you can improve it over time. So again, it's a really affordable thing. I mean, first of all, any parent, parents spend tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to get their kids through grade school, high school, college, all hoping that they can get a job right. and stand on their own two feet. And one tweet could ruin all of that. All right, let me They're tell not, you, this this is... out there, pay $119 and protect your kids. Because let yeah. me tell you, they need it. It's, it's true. And I'm playing the song, Why Can't We Be Friends? Because guess what? Because of something you posted. That's why we can't be friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 59.95 once. Uh, clean up your act or for a whole year because every now and then you post things when you're at a party and you shouldn't. Uh, keep an yeah. eye on yourself. We're going to be right back with more TJ Kalazi from LifeBrand. LifeBrand.life. Check it out while we're in the commercial break. We'll be right back. Yeah. I remember you when you drank my
listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, a special guest right now, Amelia Wilcox, founder and CEO of Navadi, a leader in employee mental health and well-being. Novati is a high-growth B2B company whose platform provides employee stress management tools and direct access to professional services. Oh my gosh, this is very important. Amelia, I'm actually going to give you an extra segment because this is so important. Awesome. And not only employers who have mental health issues, but yes, employees that may be suffering with that. And I got to think that all entrepreneurs, all of us, because I'm an entrepreneur, all of us have had a company or had an employee that had somebody with mental health problems. And it was two things. One, difficult to work. It makes the workplace environment tough, but also difficult to talk about. So before we get into all this, because this is a huge and important subject, you and I met in uh, Utah at an event for Ariely Capital where you did a pitch, and I got to watch, and so I know you a little bit, but for the audience, do us a favor, give us a couple of minutes on Amelia Wilcox. Yeah, so I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, in a family that was pretty poor, and we definitely didn't talk about mental health in my family. Yeah. Started my entrepreneurship journey, I would say, in middle school selling cookies that my dad got for wholesale through his, some connection that he had, and I would take them and sell them at school, you know, for a 100% markup and <laughs> made some money doing that until the middle school shut me down, and I had business selling candy at school. We did Christmas cards that we made homemade, and we would go door-to-door and sell them, and I thought these were like normal experiences, <laughs> probably until I got to high that. school. <laughs> so yeah, just very kind of entrepreneurial, scrappy childhood, but not like our family didn't. None of my parents were entrepreneurs, so really? my mom was like a cake decorator. She like walked into Walmart looking for a job, and they offered to train her. And now <laughs> today she's a nurse, but that's my childhood. She decorated cakes and sometimes would bring me to work with her, and I would. She moved into the promotions team at Walmart and I have memories of us like selling root beer floats to people as they walked in for <laughs> children's miracle network fundraisers. And Great. so I really didn't have a problem being in front of people, but my parents were never really able to turn it into anything lucrative for us as a family. My dad was an accountant. He, he worked a couple jobs. I remember even working at a foundry at a night shift while he was like going to school at DeVry and, and mm. studying accounting. And now he works for a college. But yeah, that's the, The way I grew up, I moved to Utah when I was 19 and got my first sales job, my only sales job. (laughs) I uh, did it for, I think, three months. And in the first three weeks, I was the top salesperson at Feature Films for Families, just calling up people and trying to sell them family-friendly entertainment and uh, realized I really didn't like telesales and uh, <laughs> got into massage therapy. I made a friend who did massage and I thought, you know what? This is really cool. This is something I could get excited about. It's like freeing people from pain right. because I'd had chronic headaches since I was young hmm. and I thought I would love to bring like something like this to people. And so I enrolled in massage school, 
And I worked for a chiropractor and I worked for a spa and not for very long. I guess I'm just not very employable because <laughs> my job, the handful that I've ever had only lasted a few months. That's but so uh, then I just said, hey, I'm going into business for myself. And I opened my own private practice and just had a friend that owned a gym that was just for women. And I said, hey, can I just come in here and give free massages to people while they're working out? And I just built an entire private practice from this gym. And then they would send somebody in their family and it just, it would grow and grow and grow until I got to the point I couldn't take any more clients. And I met my husband, we got married. We started an outdoor retail store called Marumbi.com. And we (laughs) ran that for five years. And so my husband, he got a job at a wholesale distributor that sold outdoor gear and camping equipment. They're the biggest outdoor retail wholesaler in the U S and they're here in Utah. And he was working there part-time, and one of the benefits of working there is you get a wholesale account for yourself. And with that, you can also pay to have them drop ship. And so we thought, oh, this will be so easy. We'll build a website, and then we don't even have to house the inventory. They'll just drop ship it for us, and can't be that hard. So this is 2005, and we have this website. We stumble across a company called Shopatron, which was kind of the first innovator of like letting retailers or manufacturers sell their own products on their website, but not competing with their retailers because they, you would buy it online. And then that order would basically get picked up by the retailers for fulfillment. And so consumers could buy directly from the manufacturer and then the retailers were getting more business, not getting, you know, screwed by the manufacturer and competing with them. So that's kind of what was going on at this point. And we started growing pretty quickly, but what happened is they needed like in order to stay competitive, you had to start carrying some of these bigger brands that couldn't be drop shipped. And in order to sell those, you had to buy a whole bunch of inventory uh, up front. Like your initial order was like twenty, thirty thousand dollars. All right, hold tight. With like I wanna I wanna yeah. hear the rest of this because we're coming up to Navadi, which is today a leader in employee mental health and well-being. How do you go through all that and end up with a company like this? Hear the story on the other side. Uh, uh, Amelia Wilcox with us. It's Entrepreneur Weekly. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. 
Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Well, our special guest, Amelia Wilcox, founder and CEO of a company called Navati, and you can spell it uh, on the internet as N-I-V-A-T-I.com. Because, uh, you know, if you hear it, you may, how do they spell that? But it's N-I-V-A-T-I.com. Um, again, leader in employee mental health and well-being. The story that you told, Amelia, is like my story. I'm listening to a story that could have been me. Same kind of stuff. The school made me stop selling stuff. It was like, why? Kids should be, you know, it's like, I get it. You know, you can't do business at school when you're, you know, in 10th or 11th grade, whatever. But we have an entrepreneur gene. Your story, I love it, man. I just love it because, like you said, you didn't come from entrepreneurs, but they had the gene, but maybe they didn't have the grit they needed to do that because they had kids or whatever it was, or they, they felt that, you know, they had been told, go to school, get your diploma, get your degree, do this. And, you know, entrepreneurs sometimes like, I don't need any of that. I want to follow my heart. I want to follow my passions. So you were telling the story about how you were in this final, I mean, maybe final stages before this next part we're about to hear, but I want you to finish and, and then get into Navadi. Go ahead. Yes, there's a couple twists coming up okay. I'm leading into. So, right. com have all this inventory, garages full of it. We can't even park in our garage. And then 2008, there's a big crash, right? And all of a sudden, people are losing their houses. They're losing their jobs. They're not buying camping gear. They're not buying new coats. Oh. And we are stuck with all this inventory and $60,000 in debt, two and a half kids, and like, what are we going to do? And we're about to lose our house because we bought a stupid house uh, that we couldn't afford because we were young and they were handing out houses and mortgages like right. candy and our our, uh, our adjustable rate mortgage was about to adjust. And so I was like, oh, we're going to lose everything and we're going to lose my house. And I, I just sat down and I was just like, I don't know what else to do. And then I just had the idea. I was like, why don't I do something with what I'm already passionate about, which is massage? Because at this point, I went to massage therapy school. I had my practice and I was like, how can I scale massage? How can I turn it into something big? And I, I'd worked in a spa. I didn't want to go the spa route. And uh, so I had this idea, why don't I bring massage into the workplace and take care of employees as part of their employee benefits and, and wellness program. And so I go to my husband when we have no money and we're about to lose our house. And I'm like, okay, I just got to start one more business. <laughs> and I know we don't have any money. So I'm like trading massage for logo design, website design, embroidery for like uniform shirts and all this stuff. And I yeah. just hand these out to all my friends. And I'm like, take this to your HR person and see if they'll hire our company to do massages. Because I don't even know if there's a market for it yet. I knew that I had a friend that did it for her brother's company. And that, that was the only data point I had. So I was like, well, let's try it and see if anyone hires us. And I got my first job in April of 2010. And then I was like, okay, this is going to be a real company. I, I figured it out pretty fast. We start growing, fast forward, 10 years of growing Incorporate Massage. We're doing $6 million in revenue. Woo! We started, we started <laughs> uh, actually raising money. So I'd raised just under $2 million in angel funding to take our platform that brought massage into the workplace. We built our own technology. And we were going to expand Great. it out to bring all of the on-site services. Because I don't know if you remember, before COVID, everybody was bringing everything into the office. Right, you know? right, right, right. As like chiropractic, dental cleanings, facials. <laughs> um, and we had partners that did all of these things that we would refer out regularly. And so I thought, well, why don't we 
expand our platform out so we can put all these other vendors on the platform and then we can take a rev share every time somebody books with them and then we can fulfill the massage part of it. So that was my big plan. So we raised this money for it. We're 75% of the way through. And in the meantime, I'm on the Inc. 5000. Our company's on the Inc. 5000 two years in a row. I won CEO of the year here in Utah. We were on the Fast 50 and the Utah 100. So all of the awards that can be won, <laughs> Incorporate Massage was winning those. Mm. And we were on top of the world. And it was just like super exciting. And then COVID hits. And I'm in the middle of building my dream house. Oh, no. The house that Massage built, right? And it's half built. Oh, no. And I'm just, I'm I'm having like PTSD. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like 2008. We're going to lose everything. We're going to lose the house. I've been working at this for a decade and like, oh, my gosh. So my board was like, well, we're going to have to file for bankruptcy. Like, it's over. They just kind of been like, we're done. Like, there's nothing you can do. It's a black swan event. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Let's just see if there's something we can do. And so I send out this survey to all of my massage therapists who also do other things. So we have some that are life coaches and some that are dietitians. We have people that are personal trainers and yoga instructors. And I come up with like a virtual offering. Oh, my gosh. And I just put it in front of our existing clients. Hey, can you just not ask for your money back? And can we just do this for your employees instead? Because at this point, everyone thinks it's temporary, right? They're like, well, I don't know how long it's going to last. Let's just push our massages to next month. So we experimented with that. And a couple things happened. We had uh, our life coaches came to us and they said, the people we're helping have real problems. They're struggling with anxiety and depression. People are having problems in their marriage. And like, I'm a life coach with a certification. I am not a licensed therapist. And so they're asking for a referral program where we can send these people somewhere to get help. And so I'm looking for a referral partner and everybody says the same thing. They're like, nope, we are booked up for months. There's nothing we can do to help you. Wow. And that's kind of when I have this light bulb moment and I'm like, All right. Well, we have 10 years of experience scaling service providers. We had 1,400 massage therapists working for us before COVID. (laughs) So I was like, hey, we know how to hire people and how to scale them and how to manage them virtually because we've already been doing it for 10 years. And then the other thing that happened is while we're doing these virtual sessions of yoga and meditation and fitness, our clients are saying, hey, can you record this? Can we have a copy of it? so that we can put it in our intranet and employees can go back and like do these same classes over and over. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if we could sell content and uh, put together a library that people would pay, you know, a subscription for. And so those are kind of the two seemingly different product lines that we're simultaneously going after at this point. And this is late 2020. All right. Hold tight. Hold tight. This is so good. This is so good. You know why I was sitting here thinking, Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah, totally. But for you, COVID was the mother of invention, right? Because <laughs> if it hadn't happened, maybe you wouldn't uh, have what you have today, and it may be better than what you did have. All right, we're going to find out the rest of this story. Amelia Wilcox joining us, the company Nivadi, Nivadi.com. This is Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll be right back with more. Stay with us. My Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa Real Marie's 
Need a mentor? One-on-one online sessions with Entrepreneur Magazine's experts can help you start a business, grow your business, build your brand, fundraise, and more. Book your one-on-one session with experienced business owners and media experts. Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, can help you perfect your business pitch to media. Businesswoman Kathleen Griffith, founder of Grayson Company, can help improve your growth and marketing strategies. Need guidance on improving your leadership skills? Elizabeth Gore, president of Alice, can help you become a strong, value-driven leader. So what are you waiting for? Book your one-on-one session with Entrepreneur's lineup of experts today. Visit entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Well, you're listening to uh, Entrepreneur Weekly. I'm Alan Taylor. Uh, Entrepreneur Magazine on newsstands everywhere. Pick one up. Um, an interesting story from Amelia Wilcox, founder and CEO, but not only founder and CEO, a female founder having to go through all these challenges of, gosh, you know, life. Uh, not to mention having children, raising kids while building a business. Um, just all this fun stuff and, and doing a great job of walking us through your life, getting to how Navadi was born, Navadi.com, a leader in employee mental health and well-being from a little girl in Kansas City selling cookies in a school (laughs) to, uh, wow, to where Navadi is today. Continue on with the story because wherever you left off, just pick it up. Perfect. So at the same time in 2020, when the world is coming to an end, seemingly, and my business is seemingly coming to an end, my oldest daughter is 16 and she starts having some serious struggles with depression. Just Mm. the the happiest kid in the universe just did not see that coming. We were really lucky because we used an app called Bark, bark bark.us. I recommend it to every parent. Um, very inexpensive, but it'll give you notifications on the content that's in your kids' text messages. So we mm. only found out she was struggling because we got an alert. And we mm. started getting her the help that she needed, but it wasn't actually getting better. It was getting worse. And this led to a year-long journey that actually just finished up. She finally came home from a year of treatment outside of our home in uh, March of last year, 2020. Three. Wow. And what we learned from that is like, there is all of this, there are skills, there are exercises, there are things that you can learn to manage your own mental health and support those around you. And we didn't know any of that. We did not have an education in mental health as parents. And she didn't know, you know, how to take care of herself and her mental health. And so we have been through this like really hard, you know, two and a half, three year journey with her. And that is one of the reasons that I'm really passionate about what we're doing at Navadi because people need this information. They need these practices. There's so many therapeutic techniques and different things work for different people, but man, it was a long journey for us to get to where we're at now. (laughs) And I think everybody needs that. And that's how we're going to help make this world a better place. So I've got that going on and I'm trying to manage that. I've got our life coaches asking for a therapist. I've got our, uh, clients asking for recorded content. So I kind of take these two different products to market where I'm selling 
content packaged to corporations is basically just videos of like yoga classes and meditation and fitness and, you know, life coaching videos and I'm selling it and people are buying it, which is great. And then at the same time, I'm selling this package because I brought our recruiting team back from furlough as we pivoted. And I said, Hey, go hire a different type of therapist instead of massage therapist, hire a mental health therapist. And so we built a little team of like four or five counselors and I was able to sell that. So I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what if we just put these two products together into one and we become this holistic approach to mental health where we're supporting people at whatever part of their mental health journey they're in. Right. So some people may be really great and they're like, I just want to maintain this or I want to learn breathing exercises or I want to learn how to set goals. And as we continue down this path of this position of a holistic and comprehensive approach to mental health, not just saying therapy is the answer for everyone, because it didn't work for my daughter, right? She needed a lot more than therapy. We were able to address it in a different way. And that, was di- that hadn't been done in the market. Mm. Nobody else was doing it. And as we continue to grow, then we see financial well-being is very tied to mental health. We need a financial element in here. People need financial literacy courses. They need to learn how to budget, how wow. to get out of debt. So we start pulling that into the platform and then I'm like, all right, we need to trademark this because this is so unique and it's it's working really well. And my VP of marketing goes off and he's like, well, I got good news and bad news. The good news is that, uh, you know, it is a really great approach and the bad news is that it's already been trademarked, but it's been trademarked by the substance abuse and mental health services administration of the U.S. government. So he's like, there's a ton of research already there. Well, that's good. Yeah, so we didn't have to do all the research. We were able to kind of leverage the approach they'd already defined with years and years and years of research. Mm. And so that really informed the growth of our model moving forward. And so fast forward to today, number one, and probably most importantly, my daughter's home and in college and doing really well. God bless her. And then the company itself, we're serving about 100 corporations right now. Wow. And then, you know, I can talk a little bit about fundraising too. We went... We went out to raise another round of angel funding after we got like our first four or five clients with those two different models and raised under the, you know, the positioning of the all-in-one holistic approach to mental health and right. raised about 800000 there. And then once we got to about 30 clients, we closed $4 million in venture capital, which Look I had never you. done before. <laughs> and that was... <laughs> That was crazy, and we closed that in January of 2022. I I love Um, this story. I'll tell you why I love it so much, because what I still see, now that you've told me the story, I still see this cute little girl in Kansas City, Missouri, in school trying to sell cookies, and the principal coming over and saying, what are you doing over there? You can't do that. (laughs) And you're like, all right, well, pivot, do something else. And then you get shut down again and pivot, do something else. But really, in your case, necessity was the mother of invention because all of this comes through just your life, but then your daughter. That's the big pivot. We're going to take a break, and you are going to give some advice to our audience of entrepreneurs. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly, and uh, we've got a real dynamo on the line here. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The National Children's Alliance reports that almost 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year. 
was 65% of child abuse cases involving sexual exploitation. The Maloof Foundation exists to confront this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But making a difference can't be done alone. To create the greatest impact, they're going to need your help and mine. Do like I did and join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to confront child sexual exploitation and learn how you can preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity. I just want to repeat this one last time. The National Children's Alliance reports almost 700,000 children are abused in the U.S. each year. You can help. Let's do it together at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. One of those people that that man just described is Amelia Wilcox, founder and CEO and female founder, mother, wife, just cool gal. That's all I can say. I met her in uh, Utah when I was there a few months ago. Uh, was smitten by her and now her story. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy for you and your family and your daughter and for Navati. Navati.com, N-I-V-A-T-I, Navati.com, a leader in employee mental health and well-being. Something that this world really, really needs because of just the state of our world. Tell me the story of where this uh, Navati, the name came from. Well, I would love to say there's a really interesting story behind it, but I am very practical. And with Incorporate Massage, it drove me crazy that it was so many letters and that when people would read it, they'd say Incorporate Massage. And I was like, no, it's Incorporate. Like, I was like, all I want for this next brand is something that is short and sweet and people can look at it and know how to say it. And so I got on a domain sales website and many of them actually and I looked at all the five and six letter domains I could find and one jumped out at you that's great (laughs) so yeah so I found Navadi we had like three or four of them that we liked and we put them in front of focus groups and Navadi came back with the best yeah. Uh, responses, and so you I was like, what? "Cool, we're going, we're going with it." We didn't have a lot of time to make the decision. We were pivoting. So I, we I, you know, honestly, quick. I like it. It sounds very, um, I don't know. It sounds rich. Okay, now in our final three minutes, I need three kind of cornerstones, if you could say, of your entrepreneurial journey. You have wonderful success going. Can you encapsulate into three salient points for us for our entrepreneur listeners? Yeah. Number one, I would say one of the best pieces of advice that I got that actually guided me and changed the way I looked at scaling a company was when one of my board members said to me, what has worked for you to get to this level, meaning this like one to two million in revenue, everything that made you successful up to this level will work against you in the next level. Ooh. And for me, that was just the most mind-blowing advice I'd ever have. I was like, what do you mean? Wow. My scrappiness, my ability to just get in there and just get it done, to do the sales and to do this. And to, he's like, you cannot scale a company with you doing everything. You have to get better at delegating. Mm. So the next level of company is going to take a next level of Amelia. Yep, next level okay. of leadership. Okay, two. Um, Exactly. And then 
One of the most important things I've learned through this journey, too, is just the value of mentors and finding people that are experts in your space and building that network. So mentoring slash networking, I think they go hand in hand. But I will surround myself with anyone who is willing to spend the time with me to teach me what they know. So I take people out to lunch. I go and I hear a speaker and I have no problem just walking right up to the stage afterwards and saying, hey, can we talk? Can I, can I take you to lunch if you're local? Can we do a Zoom? You know, talk to you on Marco Polo, however works for you, and just trying to absorb as much information as I can. I think you can never have too many mentors and your network is your key to success. Love it. Any final thoughts? Yeah, the other thing that's actually been the most challenging for me with this pivot is how important focus is Mm. and how bad I am at it, (laughs) how hard it is to say no to all the really good things that could be so good for the company, but the real power and the real ability to grow comes through very painful focus and the ability to say no. And that is not, I don't think that's easy for anyone. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, your journey is definitely one to keep an eye on. Navati.com, N-I-V-A-T-I.com. And if you think that Navati and Amelia can help you and your company in some way, shape, or form, reach out to her. It's really simple. Just go to their website and check it out. I just want to say in closing here, what a sweet story that your daughter had such an effect on your life and your company. And so I don't know what her name is and I won't ask you, but... If you let her hear this, we are all rooting for you, Amelia's daughter. Yay, I will. <laughs> you know, um, life is not easy. And uh, who you surround yourself with is very important. And uh, it seems to me like you have a good family unit there that loves you and cares about you. So, um, you know, give your daughter a kiss for me, Amelia. And, and maybe, Amelia, give your mom a kiss for me. And uh, don't let anybody see you doing that. They may think you're weird. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Amelia. You've been great. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Yep. Navadi.com is the website. I'm Alan Taylor. This is Entrepreneur Weekly. We'll see you next time. Same time, same channel. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated. 